Hey, welcome to Big Fish Small Pod. I'm A.T. Werdahl, and today is April 30th. Today, the Marlins are getting set for their first series against the Washington Nationals after the off day yesterday, the 29th. With the off day, I figured it'd be a good time to take a look at how the Marlins have performed thus far in 2021. So first things first, looking at the standings and just some overall statistics. The Marlins have scored 103 runs, had 91 scored runs scored against them for a run differential of plus 12, meaning that the Marlins have scored 12 runs more than they've allowed. With an expected win-loss record with that run differential of 13 and 11. Though the Marlins sit at 11 and 13, kind of reverse of what you might expect. Um, Looking at the National League East, top to bottom, every team is within one game of each other and no one has a winning record yet. That will certainly change. It's only been one month into this season and we came into the year expecting a slugfest with every team having something of a reasonable formula for success, and the Marlins are no exception to that. And with the positive run differential of plus 12, well, no one else in the division has a positive run differential, and Miami's 16 games against teams with winning records thus far tell us that they've actually faced the toughest competition in the National League East, Those peripheral stats tell us that Miami might have the strongest, most proven formula for success in 2021. Looking overall at the team, kind of down the lineup, and I did make a lot of like fan graphs, leaderboard queries to just get some things straight and kind of just understand how this team is. I, as well as you all, want just clarity. And for me, numbers are a way to find that, even though Oftentimes, they confirm what you see on the field. And looking down this lineup, obviously injuries have been a major story. And the team's offense has made a couple of major statement games to prevent any real loss of momentum. Thinking like back to this Brewers series, there was a statement game there with the 8-0 win. Um, Pitching-wise, as a group, the Marlins have had a 3.5 ERA, which is pretty good darn good and uh like a whip of like 1.12 which is sixth best in baseball as a staff on the whole allowing a little bit more than one runner per inning the best for that just for context is the Mets and the worst is the Cubs the Mets at 1.07 so basically a little more than a runner in inning and the worst is the Cubs with a 1.47 which is basically a runner and a half an inning accounted to the picture pitcher so marlins have avoided base runners put up some solid numbers but looking a little bit deeper on the fangraphs leaderboard the clutch statistic which basically looks at teams how they perform in the high leverage moments think like close and late sort of situations the marlins have been between poor and awful with a negative one six five clutch rating that's 28th in the league Breaking that down further, starters, 0.45, relievers, negative 
2.09. That tracks with the six blown saves. For the relievers, starters, Pablo Lopez, Tre Trevor Rogers, Sandy Alcantara, it tracks that they'd have a positive impact. And then the higher leverage innings going to those relievers have been a real problem. The team has had a deficit for real, like lockdown relievers for the late innings. Uh, with the AAA season starting soon, next week in fact, there are some arms that might make their way back to the roster. Think like Braxton Garrett, who needs some more developmental time, or like Eliezer Hernandez, Sixto Sanchez, Edward Cabrera, all rehabbing their arms. Will likely take advantage of the AAA opportunities. And with those four pitchers that might make it back to the Major League roster with just two rotation spots to fill, the Marlins might have a surplus of internal organizational talent that might be put into the bullpen, compressed in shorter workloads, and allow Miami to, within itself, bring back a better pitching attack as this season goes forward. There's certainly plenty of options for Kemang and Marlins management to work with as they go about this season. Um, looking at the lineup, kind of just, this has been my way of breaking it down. Defensively, the Marlins are like, in terms of like runs saved above like average replacement value, they're at like a positive 2.7 runs as a group, which is seventh in the league, which is, it's good. Like that is good statistics. Uh, works with the gut, but they've been pretty good. Obviously like Miguel Rojas, Brian Anderson anchor this team. Overall, it feels as though the Marlins have quite a formula for success that might really work out with Brian Anderson looking to appear back in a Marlins uniform back on the field this weekend. You can anticipate his positive fielding and hopefully he can break out of his slump. Looking deeper just at like, speaking, like just the slump is kind of a triggering word at this point. Like there's been a season long slump going on for some players such as like Garrett Cooper, such as like Jorge Alfaro, such as even debatably Adam Duvall, um, Brian Anderson, certainly in that group. But uh, offensively, Jazz Chisholm has led the team in offensive impact with uh, 6.8 runs of offense to his credit, making him fourth among second basemen. Jesus Aguilar is sixth among first basemen. Miguel Rojas, 14th among shortstops. Catcher as a position is kind of in disarray. Sandy Leon with just replacement level batting, 24th in the league, leads Marlins catchers. Brian Anderson, negative 3.3 offensive runs. In the outfield though, Corey Dickerson has been seventh among left fielders. Starling Marte, fourth among center fielders. Garrett Cooper, just disarray in right field. There's an obvious place for upgrade on this team at right field, at catcher with those high leverage relievers and with the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation. Uh, looking at the AAA season about to kick off, Jesus Sanchez and Monte Harrison seem like the obvious next man up for right field with top prospect JJ Bulladay announced today to start in AA. Kind of the long-term answer at a corner outfield spot. Uh, today, what you can expect is an announcement on Daniel Castano's replacement on the roster before tonight's game. He was demoted to the ATS yesterday. 
and Miami will face Washington as the current fourth and fifth place teams in the National League East, as Pablo Lopez will face off against the National t- Nationals team lacking Juan Soto, sitting with a 9-12 record, supported by a negative 22 run differential. Washington has yet to announce a starter, but the expectation is that the Red Sox and Cubs veteran John Lester will be making his Nationals debut. Saturday will feature a Paul Campbell start against another unannounced National, and Sunday a matchup between ace Mad Max Scherzer and Trevor Rogers. Both pitchers will enter the game tied for ninth in baseball with 38 strikeouts each. Should be one to see. Anyways, I'm A.T. Werdahl. I hope that today I saved you, podcast listener, from just a good amount of blue light. It's not great for your eyes, so it's probably good that you're keeping up with the Marlins on the podcast. But check out the website and check out Twitter. We'll have news on that promotion and more as we look forward to facing these Washington Nationals. So, again, for the Podcast Network, we'll be back to your ears on Monday.